Coming up, Business Network President Maria Whitford joins me live to discuss JobKeeper and the effect Melbourne's lockdown will have on local business. Also, a new project puts the region's peppery Shiraz in the spotlight and Arak College appoints its first female principal. You're listening to Arat's Latest with local journalist Jack Ward. Hello and welcome. Well, a lot has happened since the last show. Three weeks ago, coronavirus round two is in full swing, but luckily we're untouched at this stage. Premier Daniel Andrews spoke this morning. He announced a further 273 cases in the last 24 hours and that a man in his 70s has sadly passed away. There are no new or active cases in the Ararat local government area. Let's take a listen to what the Premier had to say. Uh, I'm very pleased to be able to say that there were 30,195 tests uh, done yesterday. That's another massive testing effort. And let me take this opportunity yet again to thank each and every one of those Victorians who came forward for a test. I just wanted to make some general comments. Driving in this morning uh, from the the sort of middle ring, uh, the middle southeastern suburbs, it's very noticeable that there's a lot less traffic. Uh, We've all seen uh, lots of footage, lots of reports about a very few people moving around, uh, retail centres, very few people moving around uh, the city. Uh, I want to thank every single Victorian for taking these rules seriously, for taking the circumstances that we face seriously. This is a dangerous time. This is a very challenging time. And I know we're asking a lot of Victorians, but we simply have no choice but to acknowledge the reality we face uh, and to do what must be done, and that is to follow those rules. Other headlines this week include our Rural City Council is confident it will secure funding later this month to redevelop the facilities at the dated Gordon Street Oval. Council has applied for $2.65 million from the state government and hopes to get a positive response within weeks. Local real estate is booming as an increasing number of Melbourne residents look for a tree change. The move has led to historically low number of properties for sale around Ararat. Our median price rose in the March quarter and for the months of April, May and June. Lastly, locals have expressed concern that local prison officers may be unnecessarily exposed to COVID-19 while working at hotel quarantine in Melbourne. It's understood about 10 officers from Hopkins Correctional Centre have taken up the job. Member for Ripon, Louise Staley, has said that she understands the officers will work seven days on and then seven days off back here in Ararat. This topic was the subject of this week's poll and I'll have those results a little later. If you want comprehensive coverage of all of Ararat's news, be sure to grab a copy of the Ararat Advocate each Friday. Next, Greater Ararat Business President Maria Whitford will join me live to discuss the downturn in trade now that Melbourne has re-entered lockdown. But first, three local wineries are joining forces to showcase the unique peppery flavour of our region's Shiraz. I caught up with Mountainside Wines co-owner Jane Gunninen last week to discuss the new project. So the project is called Rotundant Road Shiraz Adventure and it's a collaboration between Mount Langy-Durand Winery, Mountainside Wines and Dog Rock Winery who are just in the Pyrenees, just the other side of Pyrenees Highway. Uh, It is based on the chemical compound called Rotundin which was only identified about 10 years ago and it is found in the skin of red grapes and in higher concentration in the skin of Shiraz grown in cool climate wine regions. So we're considered a cool climate wine region here in the Grampians and 
in fact, Wine Australia did some research that identified that Mount Langdurran has the highest concentration of rotundum in its vineyard in Australia. So it came about because we wanted to recognise that rotundum is is such a, a an integral part of the Shiraz grown here, and we do it so well. And how unique is it to our region? Is it is anywhere else in Australia doing something like this? No. So the compound was only identified about ten years ago, and it's had limited promotion. There's still a lot of research going on about how to maximise the rotundum in your grapes and therefore in your wine. But that work is ongoing, so it's still early days. We just wanted to recognise how good it makes our Shiraz Mm. across the region, not just here, but across the whole Grampians region. There's three wineries involved at the moment. Are you looking to expand that at all? For now, we'll stay with the three. We've, we've agreed that we'll spend 12 months promoting it and talking about it. As we grow, we will be looking to expand it, not just to wineries, but to include local artisan food makers, accommodation providers, um, so that we can be a link between Ararat and Beaufort and start to promote businesses this end of the Grampians as much as Great Western and Halls Gap get uh, promoted. Do you, do you think sometimes you could get left behind a little bit? Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah. Uh, people drive up the highway because they're going to uh, Halls Gap mm. and don't realise that we're here. Um, so if you, this is a really good locator for us. It's a brand that part of it is based on locating where we are, which is the start of the Grampians wine region. So the Grampians wine region is more than Great Western and Halls Gap. And there's some really outstanding wines across the whole of the region. It's just making sure that people know that we're here too. If you're wanting, wanting to know more about the Rotundan Road Shiraz adventure, head to rotundanroad.com.au. Our ad is preparing for another downturn in trade across the region as visitors from Melbourne dry up. I'm joined live now by Greater Ararat Business Network President Maria Whitford. Maria, thank you for your time. Just how large do you think the impact will be on businesses in Ararat? Well, I think whilst the um, government has said that regional Victoria, rural and regional cities can is not affected, I think that attitude needs to be halted because we will all be affected by this um, this closure in Melbourne. Um, our businesses will hurt. We rely on traffic travelling through to the Grampians and um, it's not going to be easy. So whilst there's local support uh, for Victoria or Melbourne, if you like, the rural and regional areas need to uh, jump on that bandwagon and make sure we get uh, supported as well because it has hurt consumer confidence. The Victorian government has announced a $40 million fund for regional tourism businesses to cover the cost of refunds, so eligible operators will be able to claim up to $225 per night for up to five nights for each and every room cancelled during the return of Stage 3 restrictions. That's great news, Maria, for accommodation providers, but is it enough? I don't think so. Um, Jack, there's going to be some long, ongoing... um, It's going to take a long time to rebuild... Like I said, whilst you might get a bit bit of money back from the government now, it's a long time before they're talking six weeks and who's to know? You know, they're not going to, in six weeks' time, just open up and we've got uh, all restrictions lifted. It's going to be a slow process again. So, you know, we'll be back to 20 and maybe 50 and after that, who knows? And so I think there's a real 12-week turnaround and I don't know whether $225 a, a 
cancellation of the room is just going to cut, cut it for the next 12 weeks, if you like, because there would have been ongoing reservations um, post this, this, this lockdown, if you like. Plus, I guess, suppose, that make a bit of sense? Yeah, yeah, and plus, I suppose there's other sectors, like you're also the manager of the RSL, and you're not getting any benefit from that, are you? No, not at all. And and the problem is right now that the um, Dan Andrews had made a comment when he went into stage three lockdowns, the, the second, these further lockdowns in Melbourne, he did say his opening statement was that it won't affect rural Victoria or regional Victoria. Um, they can still trade as they are and that he may continue to ease restrictions in regional Victoria. But he also said that wasn't for today. So we're kind of... We're in a holding pattern, waiting to see what that means. What what is it for today, and when and when is he uh, potentially going to uh, lift some more restrictions in regional Victoria, so we can continue to trade uh, to some normality, or at least be a blueprint for Melbourne. If there's no cases in regional Victoria, why can't we be a blueprint for Melbourne and trade normally? And um, so then, when it their six weeks is up, they can see that if they may be able to ease more restrictions in Melbourne, it could help them in the long term. How important is an extension of JobKeeper? That's only been put in place until September. Does that need to be extended even further? Absolutely. There is no doubt in my mind that JobKeeper or some other scheme will have to be extended for the same period of the back end uh, of any other state or territory as restrictions of the event. So, for instance, if the Northern Territory has lifted all their restrictions and they're still on JobKeeper and they've got JobKeeper and being able to build their businesses for three months, well, we're saying we need an extra three months on the back end of us um, to help us get back to some sort of music again. What's the likelihood of that happening? Do you, are you expecting to see that extended? Oh, we seem to have lost Maria there. Let's move along. Um, Maria Whitford there from the Greater Ararat Business Network. Thank you for joining me. Chloe Brasser um, is the 14-year-old locals call on when they're in need of a sugary treat. I did that just last week um, for an interview, but not a cake. Let's take a listen and I'll see if I can get Maria back on the phone. The teen baker shows no signs of slowing, pleasing up to 50 customers a month with her layered cakes and colourful treats. I always used to love watching mum cook and I'd always help her and then I just kept helping more and more and more till I could do it on my own. It was about five or six. Chloe now runs her successful baking service, Sweets and Treats by Chloe, whilst attending school at Ararat College. When I was about eight, one of my mum's friends started buying stuff off me. When I was 12, it really started. And then I kept hiring out registered kitchens. And Locals continue to express their amazement when Chloe posts her latest creations online. The teenager is completely self-taught, but said practice is the key to success. I've done some online courses, but... I just really just practice. I've been doing it for 13 years, but cakes for about five. So it's just practice, heaps of practice every day. Chloe spends 30 hours a week fulfilling orders and frequently stays up late to ensure customers get high-quality cakes on time. Her mum, Anne, said the passion Chloe has can be summed up by the amount of hours she spends in the kitchen. Uh, there's obviously a lot of kids that are probably out partying and doing other things, whereas she's always busy doing cooking and it takes a lot of skill just to be super organised to figure out how to cook something. It's not just about cooking it. As soon as I get home from school, it's cooking in the morning, it's cooking, I wake up early. It's I try to do it all the time. Like I could get, you really can't tell. Some weeks it's one order, some weeks it's ten. Chloe hopes to become a professional pastry chef in the future or open up her own cafe in Ararat to serve the community. Her mum knows for certain that she'll be running her own business one day and probably hiring her as the dishwasher.
people think, oh, you're only so young and you don't know yet. But then people go, you're so young and you're so good for your age. So there's both ways people think of it. Yeah, there's always going to be those people, but there's always nicer people. Maria is back on the line now. Before we lost you, Maria, just one last question um, while I've got you here. You're not, no doubt in contact with a lot of businesses. How are they coping at the moment? Yeah, so I think um, they're all doing it a little bit tough at the minute. So Jack, the Greater Hararat Business Network, has um, planning a for the next six weeks to do a Zoom with our members uh, from 8 o'clock in the morning to about 8.30 every Wednesday. And that's to just chat to them and make sure they're okay and if they need anything. And we're also writing to government weekly uh, to as many ministers or senators as we possibly can uh, to tell them or to voice our concerns and advocate advocate for our um, members because I really believe that this is going to hurt them long term. Like I said, this isn't just six weeks. This could be 10, 12 weeks. And we really need the government to start lifting restrictions and let us open and, and relax some, some uh, restrictions here in the country to see what effect it'll have. Are you getting any correspondence back from those ministers yet with support? Yeah, so we, we're just we're just drafting letters as we speak. We really want to speak to the members. Our first uh, get Zoom will be on Wednesday. It's Wednesday, so we've done a draft letter, uh, but we will we are going out and forth as of after that meeting. Uh, make sure we've got all their points on paper. Uh, if they've got some really good ideas or some things that they want to tell ministers about, we want to capture all that, and we'll be sending that first letter off Wednesday afternoon, no doubt. Brilliant. Thanks so much for your time, Maria. Thanks, Jack. You are the story. If you have an issue or event, get in contact. You, the listener, are the heart of our Rats Latest. So send me a message or email ourratslatest at gmail.com if you have a news tip or an issue you want explored. Together we can get the answers, shine a light on local achievements and ensure everyone stays informed with what matters in our community. Ararat College has appointed its first substantive female principal, announcing that Ali McDougall will lead the school after Jeff Sawyer retired in April. I sat down with Mrs McDougall at the end of last term to discuss the appointment. Why did you apply for the substantive position? I, I suppose I feel a strong connection um, to this school in particular. Um, I have worked at Ararat College for a significant period of time, but I have also left the school um, and gained experience elsewhere, which was really valuable um, for me and my leadership. Um, I think it definitely had a big impact on on me coming back into the school. Um, But I do love this school and I have a deep passion to have a positive impact on all the students and the staff that are here. Um, And I value... Um, everyone within it, students and staff included, and I love working with them as a team. So I, I get a lot, I suppose, of fulfilment out of being um, the leader of this school. And um, I couldn't be prouder when people ask me what I do and where I work. And you've been acting principal here since March of last year. Mm-hmm. What have some highlights been during that short time? Oh, it's really hard. You lose track of time. What are some highlights been? Probably my number one highlight actually is um, the creation or the collaboration that we went through to create our new school values and mission statement. I think that's really anchored our purpose as a school um, and is driving a lot of the things that are happening. There's been a lot of student achievements, um, even little things like just our monthly whole school assemblies. But yeah, the biggest highlight for me is coming into school and meeting the students and learning more about them and then and then the staff um there's been a really big teaching and learning focus that's been a huge highlight and um and seeing the impact that we're having on the students learning and their learning growth that's been um, a big positive as well 
It's been quite an interesting time to be a principal, <laughs> let alone acting principal and yeah. substantive. Mm-hmm. Has it been difficult to navigate through the coronavirus as a school? Um, I don't know whether it's just played to my natural sort of strengths because it, it does rely on communication, organisation, but I feel like we're well set up as a school and we have the trust of our parents and our students um, and we've definitely had the support of them. So, um, you know, whilst it's had challenges, I feel like it, it's been busy, um, but I feel really supported and I feel like our staff and our students and our parents, we've all worked um, in a really strong way together. And considering the situation, I think we've come out um, with some really positive things. So You spoke about your, your love for Ararat College. You mm. must have been over the moon when you found out that you had gained the position. Yeah, I was. Um, it's been, you know, um, been acting for a little while now. And as well as Ararat College, I'm very invested in the Ararat community um, and and probably government education as well. So that drives me a lot. So um, the application processes, you know, they're always quite long. So it was just sort of a, a relief a little bit to hear because um, you never know. So um, that was really exciting. But also, yeah, a real sense of privilege um, that school council and, um, you know, obviously the Department of Education uh, are entrusting me to continue to lead the school and um, I suppose excitement around driving the changes and the, the improvements that are happening here at the school. So where do you see Ararat College going in the, in the coming years? Lots of, see lots of things hopefully um, in the years but um, you know we're, fo- we're firmly focused on the, the students and the students as, as individuals so there's there's a couple of, of key themes that we're working on um, with staff and with our students and student leadership team. One is around um, agency for students in their own learning so effective learning behaviours in um, how they can drive their learning, setting goals, assessing those goals, how they um, can play a key role in that and the other thing that we're working on as a staff is um, really a teaching and learning culture of of the school and that's not to say it wasn't in place it was and I was also extremely lucky that Mr Soyo and I took over as acting completely um, placed his trust in me to you know make changes or um, do as I see fit whilst acting principal so that definitely helped but we'll continue to focus on that area so it's about student learning growth and it's about our mission it's about us um, doing everything we can as a school community to ensure that our students leave here um, empowered to use their voice but also um, to exceed their potential and that's um, exceeding their potential in an area of their choice. This week's Your Say poll question was, should local prison officers be assisting with hotel quarantine in Melbourne? More than 300 people shared their opinion. 24% said yes, prison officers should be assisting, and 76% said no, they should not. Plans are in motion as the Lions Club of Ararat prepares to host the organisation's district convention for the first time in November. Members are hopeful that the event will continue as planned. Here's member Bob Sanders, who has recently been appointed president for a third consecutive term. I originally joined Lions, uh, got over 20 years up now, um, just to put, be able to put back into the community. Being able to help the community and help um, people that uh, sometimes get left left behind, um, they don't actually get seen to need help and sometimes there's a lot of people out there that do actually need help. Finding, as a volunteer now, finding it very difficult to actually because of privacy laws, finding it very difficult to actually get information on who needs help. 
mm. which is a very look as far as volunteers goes, it's it is a major problem. The club has been affected by COVID nineteen. You know, the barbecue hasn't been happening. Well, basically, we um, we haven't been out in the community, obviously through the barbecue. So we haven't been able to really do much for the community at all, um, and we have not been able to meet at all, which I find a little bit distressing. Um, because I think as a club you need to keep in touch and we haven't been able to really do that except via phones and um, because a lot of our members are older and they haven't actually got the they haven't got the technology to actually do zoom meetings and that sort of thing so our only real form of contact is via phone this year is is hopefully going to be quite a big year for the club um, in November what what event are you hosting in November we're ho- hosting the district um, convention. Uh, which is involves 67 clubs, um, and probably we would be looking at probably 250 to 300 delegates. Um, at this stage, we are still planning to go ahead with it, and we feel confident that we will be able to continue with it. And that no doubt will bring a lot of business, and especially to our accommodation and, I guess, food industry here in Ararat, that'll bring a lot of people to the area, won't it? Yes, yes. The sort of... We're probably... Uh, I think at this stage we've got... I think one of the caravan parks is booked out. I think we've got one one or two motels booked out. Um, so, yes, the amount of uh, money coming into the to the Ararat district is quite large. At a time when COVID-19 is getting worse in Victoria once again, is that playing a little bit at the back of your minds about what, what could happen if you can't go ahead with it? Well, if we, if we need to call it off, it'll either be postponed or um, cancelled altogether. I would think that probably it'll get postponed more more likely than anything if that continues. But we're, look, I'm still quite confident we will go ahead with it. Our cut-off date's September the 7th. Um, we have to make a decision then. But I think we will... Um, like, that's another two months away, so I think we should be fairly... One would hope we're fairly right. A little note for sport this week, Ararat Storm was preparing to begin the delayed 2020 season as the only football club representing the community with a senior side. The probability of that occurring is now very unlikely because Victoria's Chief Health Officer, Professor Brett Sutton, has made the decision to halt the resumption of full contact training and competition for people aged 19 and over in regional Victoria. Full contact training was scheduled to resume on Monday the 13th of July, with full contact competition set to return on the 20th of July. However, with significant increase in cases in Melbourne and active cases in a number of regional communities, he has determined that community sport in regional Victoria must remain no non-contact. There is not yet to be confirmation that the Western Victoria Female Football League will be forced to cancel the senior side, but Ararat Storm is expecting that to happen. The league's junior competition is expected to progress as full training and competition for players aged 18 and under can continue. Now that brings me to the end of today's show. Thank you for tuning in. You can listen back to all past episodes on your favourite podcasting apps. I'll be back in a fortnight. Please stay safe. This was Ararat's Latest. (laughs) 